I really need to knuckle down and finish this work. So the expression we're going to learn today is knuckle down. Can you guess what that means? So you can have a think about it and I will tell you at the end of the podcast. Hello and welcome to the English with Michael podcast, the best place to come to study English as a second language, as well as to practice the British accent. With me, Michael Lavers, as your teacher. Hello, English learners, and welcome back to the English with Michael podcast. Today, I'm going to be answering a question I got by email. And this is a question from Mickey in Japan. So thank you very much for your question, Mickey. Message, arigato gozaimasu. So Mickey is studying English so she can move to Canada. And in order to do that, she needs to take the IELTS exam. So she said she's currently struggling with the British accent for the IELTS exam, the general exam, especially the listening section. So she wanted to know if there is any advice that I have or if there are any materials I can recommend to help improve her listening skills quickly. So today I'm going to be sharing my thoughts on that. Of course, this podcast will hopefully be useful for anyone who wants to take the IELTS exam. But of course, it's useful for anyone who wants to improve their listening skills. So have a listen and hopefully there'll be something interesting for you here as well. So for those who do not know, IELTS stands for International English Language Testing System. Very long, so you can see why they chose to call it IELTS. So IELTS is a really popular English exam taken all over the world and it's often used for immigration purposes, entry into universities, getting jobs, or some people even just want to take it to test their level to see how their English is doing. It's quite a long and difficult exam, but it's really good and it's I think it's very difficult to cheat. You know, you cannot guess. It really really does test your English ability. So just to give a little background specifically to the listening exam, listening is a 30-minute exam and there are four recordings in there. So normally in IELTS there are two exams. You can take the general exam, which is a little bit easier, or you can take the academic exam. But for listening there's no difference. They're exactly the same exam. So that's a little bit simpler. In the listening section, there are four parts. There's four recordings that you have to listen to. So the first two recordings are more kind of an everyday context, everyday situations. Recording one will be a conversation between two people. And the second one will be a monologue. So that's like a speech or someone talking on their own. The last two recordings will be more academic. So these could be something in like a university or maybe some job training. And again, it's just the same as before. So number three is a conversation between two people. So a common example for this would be a conversation between a teacher and a student. The final recording, number four, is a monologue. And again, it's academic. So this could be 
like a university lecture or something similar like that. There are six types of questions that you might get for the listening exam. And these are kind of given randomly. So these could be, for example, multiple choice questions, or you could be labeling a diagram or a map, or completing a table or a flowchart. So of course, it's important to become familiar with all these types of questions because you don't know which ones you will get and not get. If you want to practice these questions a little bit more, you can practice them online. There are many fantastic resources and online tests that you could try. Or you could find an online tutor and they will be able to give you advice on how to answer these questions best and give you some real one-to-one -one practice. And by the way, if anyone is interested, I do give IELTS training. So if you head over to my website, ewmichael.com slash lessons, you can book some IELTS training with me. But now I can get into my specific advice for IELTS. So one important thing to remember, for those who don't know, is IELTS has different accents. So you might hear the British accent, Canadian, Australian, the New Zealand accent, or of course the American accent. So it's a good idea to practice all of these different ones. Find maybe which one is the hardest for you. Focus on that one. You know, Mickey said British is a difficult one for her. So we can look at that, of course, today because, you know, I'm British. But also if you want to hear the difference between them, because many people have problems understanding how they're even different. I'll put a link to a video that I found in the show notes. And this video shows different girls from these countries saying different words and comparing the sound. So that might be helpful for you as well. My first piece of advice for practicing is very simple. It's just listen every day. So don't worry, it doesn't have to be just for IELTS exam practice. Any listening you can do is an achievement. So for example, listening to this podcast is already a great thing. You know, you're doing a good job listening to radio or TV or whatever you want, any kind of listening to a native speaker is going to be great practice for the listening exam. One thing that I will say is try to avoid subtitles if you're practicing for the exam. Normally, subtitles are great, but in the exam, you will not have subtitles. So it's a good idea not to rely on them too much. The only time I would recommend using subtitles is when you hear a word that you just can't understand. No, no matter how many times you listen to it, you can't understand what that word is. So then you can listen, learn the word, and then turn the subtitles off again. Another kind of general piece of advice is to look online. You know, if you go to Google, perhaps, there are many, many online practice listening tests for IELTS that you can try. And this is a really good idea if you want to practice the format of the exam and listening for specific information, for example. So of course you can't do too much of this. I think it will get a bit boring, but if you want, maybe you could set yourself a goal of one question a day 
or something like that. And even you can repeat the same questions if you want to. It's still good practice. The one thing I will mention, though, before I forget, is it's important to listen actively, not passively. So that means when you're listening, really, really focus on the words and what is being said. Sometimes it's very easy to listen and just kind of not really pay attention. Maybe you're not really absorbing the information. But of course, in the exam, that is not what you will be doing. So when you listen to the podcast or whatever you're listening to, try to hear every word. Try to hear the grammar, the accent, the pronunciation. Listen very carefully. So now I've got a couple pieces of specific advice now. So one specific area would be practicing numbers. Numbers are something that is often neglected in speaking. I know I struggle with numbers in other languages and I've noticed many students learning English have a problem saying numbers, especially big numbers, and also dates. For example, ones that end in TH. So many answers in the listening exam will include a number. Maybe you're looking for a number in the text or something like that. But even if they don't, listening for numbers is usually a good idea because it might help you locate the correct information or the correct place in the text to start looking for the answer. So it's important to understand the difference between numbers such as 16, 60, so 16, 1, 6, 60, 6, 0, or did you hear that difference? $117.117.170. So often the pronunciation is quite similar, but the meaning of course is completely different. So here's a couple more to practice. I'm not going to tell you the answers to these, If you want the answers, you can go to my blog post. That will be ewmichael.com forward slash I-E-L-T-S listening, IELTS listening. So I'm going to tell you some numbers and these numbers have other numbers that sound similar to them. But basically you have to tell me what number I am saying. So have a think about it. Listen carefully. First one, 51st. Second one, 1613. Third one, 89. Fourth one, 12. Some of those might be difficult, but again, if you want to see if you got them right, head over to the blog. You can check your answers. And if you want to practice these some more, just type in on on a search engine, something like similar sounding numbers or something like that. But I might also put a link to something if I find anything in the show notes as well. So there's some extra practice for you. Another very similar tip is to practice, is to make sure you're confident with listening to the spellings of words. So quite often in a listening exam, They will say, you know, my name is Michael, for example. 
And then the other person will ask, did you say Michael? So that's M-I-C-H-E-A-L. And then the, the listener, well, the speaker will correct them and they will say, no, 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 that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L. So it's important to be able to understand the difference in spelling because you have to spell it correctly when you write the answer. So here's a practice one again that I'll put the answer to in the show notes. My name is Craig. That's C-R-A-I-G. So did you get what I said? Did you catch that spelling? Here's another example of what they might do. So it's good to meet you, Carlos. Could you just write your name down here? It's K-A-R-L-O-S. Is that right? No, no, no. C-A-R-L-O-S. So for this dialogue, which I just spoke to myself, what is the answer here? What is the correct spelling of Carlos's name? So again, I'll put the answer in the show notes. and Have a think about it yourself. See if you can listen and how, see how confident you are with the spellings. Another piece of advice would be to practice the word forms and synonyms. So this is maybe less about listening and more about the exam advice, exam skills, but it can be very useful. So one example would be a verb to a noun, to produce something, which means to make, and then the noun would be production. So it's important to understand that they are the same word in different forms. So you can brush up on that, practice that. But there are also many nouns and verbs that are the same, almost the same, but they're pronounced a bit differently. So it's important to be aware of these differences. So this could be, for example, export. So as a noun, it's an export. As a verb, it's to export. So maybe you can hear the stress with the verb is in the second syllable. Export, export. Slight difference there. Sometimes they're kind of bigger than, than others. The differences are more obvious. Sometimes they're very small. But again, I'll put a link to that somewhere where you can practice these differences in the show notes as well. Lots of links today. But yeah, one thing that Mickey said was that she's struggling specifically with British accent. So I have already written a, well, it's a podcast and a blog post about the British accent. It's one of the first podcast episodes I made earlier this year. And if you go to that link, which is ewmichael.com slash British accent, you can hear the main differences in the accent compared to like American, for example. So one of these would be the R sound, where we say butter, Americans say butter, something like that maybe. And also you notice in that word, the T is different. So in Brit British English, we say the T quite strongly at the big, in the middle of words like butter. In American, they almost say it like a D, like butter little bit like that. Here's one more example of the R sound with another word. So I would say car, 
Americans would say something like car, much stronger R sound. There's also a really good little website called espressoenglish.net and they've got a post about British versus American English pronunciation. And there's many different words and categories they have here, which you might find interesting. So they've got some words that are pronounced differently, which is the stress. They've, for example, they've got advertisement and advertisement. So I think the British way would be advertisement. Another common difference is the ending that ends in I-L-E. For example, we would say mobile. Americans would say mobile, mobile. Quite often the A is different as well, sometimes. And it's also changes in, inside the UK as well. But it's the difference between bath and bath. Bath and bath. Although I think I say this the American way. I think I say bath. So it does depend on where you are in the UK. Maybe one more example from this website is words or nouns ending in ization. So I would say organization. An American might say organization. So I would say I, they would say I. But as I said, you can see the full link, the full website over on my website. So I will put a link to this so you can practice those sounds and see which one maybe you need the most practice with. So it's a lot of information there. I hope some was helpful. I guess to summarize, I would say my best piece of advice is just listen every day. Quite simple, right? Just consistency, listening. And if you want to get better at the exams themselves, try some online tests. It's a very simple advice, but I really think that's the best thing you can do. So I hope that was helpful, Mickey, and good luck in your IELTS exam. Really hope you do well and feel free to message me when you do it and let me know how it goes and I'd love to hear back from you in the future. If anyone else would like to leave me a comment or a message or a question for me to answer on the podcast, you can go to ewmichael.com forward slash podcast and there at the bottom of the page there will be an area where you can ask me a question. As always, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And I will see you next week on the English with Michael podcast. You have been listening to the English with Michael podcast. To view the podcast notes for this episode and to listen to previous episodes, head over to ewmichael.com slash podcast. At the beginning of the show, I asked if you knew the phrase to knuckle down, to knuckle down. Your knuckles, by the way, are the bones in your fist. So imagine you're going to punch someone. The knuckles are the bones that hit them. You can hear my knuckles. Ouch. The, the bones that might hit the person, although please don't hit anyone. So if you knuckle down, the meaning is to focus on a task or something you're working hard on. So really, really focus on your work. Knuckle down. I think it means 
to put your hands on the desk and write, something like that. So think about when was the last time you knuckled down for an exam?